0: Hello and welcome to the Brown's
3: Blitz. Today's Wednesday, April 12th. This is episode number 193. I'm your host Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother Jeff. Hey Jeff, how are things going?
2: Well, great, Rod. We uh we hit 80 degrees here for the first time this year, so uh I'll take that for early April.
3: 80. And we I think we hit um you know, we hit mid to upper seventies. Um, we took a walk at like three thirty, I think, and it was like seventy five, seventy six. It was about perfect. Yeah. So, so yeah, I will, I will take that all the days I can in the yeah, in That's the sixties right. and seventies. And yeah, this week's been just perfect. Yeah,
2: so, beautiful. So yeah, so jump on all the outside stuff right now, and yeah, getting getting ready for spring and well, summer and pool season and all the all the good stuff.
3: Yeah, same here. Same here. Well, we're going to talk some browns tonight, like we enjoy doing on this podcast. And here to help us do that is our friend Joe Ayupa. You can follow Joe at Joey Dove seventy seven on Twitter. Hey Joe, how are you tonight?
1: I'm doing right great, uh Rod, and doing very, very good and pleasure to be on again with you and Jeff. It's been you're kind of catching up. It's been almost a year and a half almost so it's uh time flies and uh you know very much appreciate me uh having me back and uh love talking about Browns and especially with two uh class gentlemen like, like yourself so appreciate appreciate you having me on again for sure
3: absolutely it's it's great to have you back uh, I mean you and I you and I talk outside of the podcast and that and um yeah, you yeah, know, if Jeff and I have any class, then uh you certainly bring a lot um a lot more to the show tonight. So we appreciate that.
2: Thanks for classing up the joint. Yeah, we appreciate well,
1: it. Well I, I appreciate you having low standards and thank you for the compliment. Right.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: so um so yeah, so uh um you know, we, we're kind of in this time period where, where there's not much going on with, with free agency. You know, I think teams are probably going to wait until, till, uh, after the draft for the most part. You know, there, there's a little bit happening here and there with some teams, but not much. And, and, um, you know, the, the draft is still what, what two weeks out, guys? Yeah. Um, pretty much two yes. weeks out. So, so, um, you know, the mocks are flying and everything and everybody's just trying to, you know, throw out the guesses and everything, but that's kind of hard to do with the Browns when you're not picking until the third round. So, so we're kind of in a pretty quiet period of time, but for the Browns, fortunately, there's, there's always something happening. And, you know, and, and who better to get into the news than Perry and Winfrey? Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, so right. guys, but, uh, it is. Um, you know, it's, it's a guy I think that, um, you know, I don't. I don't know about you, Joe, but I think Jeff and I both liked him coming out of the draft. You know, as Definitely. as a as a you know as a guy who could um, you know help the team and really just wanted to see him well. I mean, I think all of us root for every player on the team. You know, you want for to see sure, all these sure. guys do well. So, yeah. so just to see a guy like this struggle outside of football, and and and. I don't know anything about this situation with the assault charge. You know, I I don't know anything about it. But um, he just seems to be a guy who's, you know, having a hard time just focusing on football.
1: Yeah, one one thing, one thing I'm, I'm, pardon me, Jeff, I'm sorry to jump in. One thing that, uh, you know, leadership on this team has always kind of been, I wouldn't say a question mark, but we have stars, but do we have leaders? One thing that I um had noticed last year is uh Miles kind of um took him under his wing a little bit and obviously Miles had some you know, some slip ups off the field a little bit unfortunately, obviously, and hopefully he's learned. But he just said when when Perry is focused, he is almost unbeatable. But to get him to focus is you know, almost sometimes monumental and, you know, it's, it's a shame to see these uh, gentlemen slip up and, you know, we don't, we don't always think about it, but, you know, I'm not sure his exact age, but 22, 23 in that neighborhood.
3: I'm sure. Yeah.
1: I, I, I don't think any of us were necessarily the sharpest tools in the shed at that age. We're still, you know, still learning, learning life and whatnot. And if you're learning life and given a lot of money, told you're fantastic in college and then pros, you know, I don't know. It's, it's very easy from an outsider to just say, you know, why can't you get it together? You've got, you know, you've got the world in your hands, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully you can learn from it. But the one thing I liked about him, not just because, you know, I'm a Twitter uh, follower, but he, as soon as he came on board, you know, he was all about talking in a good way. You know, I want to, you know, and I think, they need to have a little more bite, you know, not just because we call them a dog pound, but I think there's a lot of times they're, they have a- athleticism, but they don't have that bite and grit. And it uh-huh. seemed like.
0: Still there, Joe. Oh, yeah, we may have lost Joe. Up. Maybe he has, maybe he had an issue on his part mm.
3: Was looking around to see if it was me.
0: Can you hear
1: me back, guys? Now ah. we can hear you.
3: Yeah. If you want to pick up with the with the bite and grid again, hey, John, I'll edit that space
0: out. Yeah, can you hear us? Joe? Hey Joe. Are you guys there? Yeah, we're yes. here. Can you hear us? Must be having a problem hearing us right now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a problem with the headphones that he's using. Are you there, Rod? Jeff? Yes, sir. Can you hear us?
3: Can you hear us? I'm going to text him that we can hear him.
0: Um, Let me find him here. Hello? Joe? Joe?
2: At least it's not on my end this time. Yeah,
0: I, I looked up to see
3: if if maybe I forgot <laughs> to plug the you know plug my laptop in or something. Whenever people stop talking, I figure it's me most of the time, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah. We could,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, he said he's sorry. Um, he'll get it figured out on his end.
2: Yeah. No problem.
0: We started early for him. He's a, I think he's an early to bed, early to rise guy. So
2: yeah, I probably will be today too.
3: Yeah, I think I will too.
2: I went down to Mansfield today and put a whole bunch of miles on, and kind of wiped out.
0: Yeah, I was down at a job for
3: nine nine a.m. this morning. Really? oh so, yeah. Anything yeah i had, We're some talking good, about... had some good conversations with some people see if anything comes out of it you know uh-huh. um good. good somebody was going to try to set up uh, an interview with me and um you know i had to talk to their directors to set up an interview with me and you know right. a couple other people sounded real hopeful and stuff
0: okay good um Oh, let me see we can just pick up.
3: Let me try try calling him, see if I need to ring him back in.
0: He's already in. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to see if I can ring him or not. See if this does anything. See if he comes in or not let's see if it works i mean it's showing him in so i don't know what the deal is
3: i mean if if we have to hang up and start over i'll just have him pick up with the uh talking about perry and winfrey and i'll splice it together there he is there he is okay can you hear us joe i can hear you all awesome. right all right <laughs> Yeah, we could hear you, but, um, okay. but yeah, you know, if, if you just want to, to start talking about Perry and Winfrey. Okay. Um, that's kind of where you were and anywhere you want to start talking, I'll go back and I'll, I'll piece it together. That's no problem.
1: Okay. That could, okay. That sounds fair.
0: Okay.
1: Um, as far as Perry and Winfrey, um, uh, the, the one thing that I really liked about him when he, uh, was drafted and, you know, definitely an active guy on social media. He definitely had a lot of moxie and confidence and, you know, bite. And, you know, not just because of the dog pound in the defense, but, you know, I think that's something that sometimes the defense lacks. You know, even some of our best players seem to not always have, throughout an entire game, have that toughness. And that's something that I was excited about. And I think he showed glimpses of that. But, you know, I think he's, you know, still learning the game. I think he's still maturing individually. And, you know, hopefully, you know, whatever comes from this, whether he's with the Browns or whatnot, you know, or what the situation is, I hope, you know, he's better for, you know, having to learn from this and hopefully, you know, can progress. But I think he's an asset to the team. But, you know, let's look at it in an individual sense, and hopefully he, you know, he comes out of this in a better situation.
3: Right. Yeah. Let's get your thoughts on on Winfrey, Jeff.
2: I think part of the issue with him being drafted where he was, you know, talent wise, he should have gone sooner, um, was sort of that immaturity knock. So I I think you're right, Joe, that um, teams were going to be taking a chance on him. You you know, we see the upside of that immaturity, you know, the the emotional is, you know, responses and, and so forth. Um, but I guess that's kind of what tends to get guys in trouble sometimes, you know, so I liked him as a prospect. Um, you know, he had a tough season last year. Um, you hope they kind of learn from that, right? Um, from what I've heard about this particular incident, um, it, it doesn't necessarily equate to, what a lot of fans are doing, they're equating it to the Malik McDowell situation from last year. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it rises to that level. Um, I think we're, because a woman was involved. Um, I think we're, we're hypersensitive to that and probably rightfully mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um, but the early things that I heard about it, it didn't sound like it was all that physically violent. Um, So I think, you know, the the Kareem Hunt situation was a lot worse, um, if I'm seeing this correctly. So, again, we may be overreacting a little bit, but um, hopefully he gets things cleared up and, you know, like Joe said, can put this behind him and learn from it because God knows we need that talent on our defensive line you know we need we need him to be one of those pieces and and figure it out this year. Uh um, for, sure, so for sure. Hopefully this doesn't derail that.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, the Browns signed Delvin Tomlinson but they're still there's they need some other guys out there too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, definitely. So let's um you know, Joe brought up the that toughness factor. Um I just I I have been kind of tired of of watching the Browns um get you know get out-toughed sometimes on the football field. Um and and uh I kind of wanted to get your perspective on that, Jeff, to see if you kind of feel the same way. Um you know, and maybe it's just a mental thing. You know, it it's not about going out there and fighting the other guy, but um you know, just just the ability, you know, to have the the willpower out there sometimes to to throw your muscle around. Um, you know, when you're bigger and stronger than than the other team, um, it seems like we just we don't see this from the Browns. Um, I just I want to get your thoughts on that, and you know, I don't know if if that's something that Jim Schwartz is going to bring, you know, or if they're going to try to, um, you know impose their will more with the defensive line um or or just how you feel about that
2: I hope Jim Schwartz brings that mentality um I sort of hope a few of, of the free agent guys bring that mentality as well we've talked about you know bringing some guys in from winning programs and sort of changing the clubhouse culture um mm-hmm. you know we've talked about this a lot that you know Losing sort of breeds the you know, these um sorta of lackadaisical attitudes and, and efforts. Um yeah. so, you know, winning will fix all of that. You know, if if these guys get into a system that, that features their talents and, you know, we start seeing some guys really surfacing and and Enjoying what they're doing and being recognized and that leads to some wins, you know, then, then pretty soon all this kind of talk goes away. Um, we just haven't seemed to be able to get over that hurdle yet, you know, so I, I don't think any of our guys are, are, you know, not as strong or not as tough or anything like that. I, I just think it's the, the clubhouse mentality that, you know, some, sometimes we just get into a point where, the team is just not good enough. It's not competing and guys are just collecting a paycheck, you know, and, and that yeah. doesn't really lead to an awful lot of competitiveness, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Um, any other thoughts on that, Joe?
1: Yeah, I definitely have some. Um I mean, some guys that were collecting big paychecks last year, Clowney and John Johnson and, you know, Clowney more in particular, John Johnson, I don't know if he was necessarily playing the right position. It's, it's so hard to say, you know, with what mm-hmm. was happening with our safeties, but when you have guys, you know, having lots of questions about coaching and I don't, I'm not a fan of, you know, how clown he handled himself, you know, literally before the last game and then he sits. I mean, yeah. okay, if this, if yeah. this was that big of a concern, why are you waiting this far into the season? So to me, that was, that was a little weak, but the thing that, I think is as big of a concern as anything. They talk about how the defense and the offense are almost separate teams. You know, they would not have meetings together. And that's, that's a Stefanski decision. You know, for me, if a team is trying to win for each other or trying to win, if they're not on the same page, it's not going to go anywhere. And I really think, you know, I really like Kevin. I think he is the best that we've had in a long time. I think he overanalyzes and tries to do things he necessarily shouldn't. But the first half is traditionally a beautiful thing. Towards the end of the end of the first half, it's not great, but the second half it's just like night and day. There's no changes. Those scripted plays are beautiful from Stefanski, but after that, it just you know when he's when he has to think too much, he tries to. You know, be the most brilliant individual. I just think he needs to get out of his own way, and that will allow the whole team to develop. And I think with uh, with um, Bubba Ventrone and Schwartz, I'm really hoping that those two guys um, can really bring an energy to this that will. You know, Jeff am so not the, there's not many tougher guys in the NFL. I mean, he's not going to put up with, you know, not finishing plays, not tackling. I mean, you know, if you could have a a tape of how to miss tackles, especially in the second half, especially against the run, you could just look at the Browns and be like, okay, that's what we shouldn't do. And how many years? How many years have we talked? How many years have we talked about that? I mean, you know, you know, not that you know I played on a high level or know this, but I mean, it is so apparent what their weaknesses are, and it just it shouldn't be that hard, but, you know, maybe it's easier said than done. And, you know, hopefully some of our free agent acquisitions and our defensive coordinator can, you know, I think talent's there. It's just, are we unified talent? Are we we just individuals out there?
2: Yeah, the the comments about Clowney and Johnson are interesting
1: Um, because
0: it makes
2: you think, you know, who are they hurting? You know, by taking the approach that Clowney did in particular, and and I think JJ three was a little different, but ultimately the same result. Um, yep. You know, who are these guys hurting by by approaching their craft this way? They're certainly mm-hmm. not hurting the team. I mean, the free agents that we've signed all expressed willingness and 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 happiness to to come here and be here. Right. So it's not like you're right. poisoning the well on your way out. You're all you're really doing is lowering your value to other teams. So what, what what purpose does it serve to be that bad apple? You know, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, we can talk about the origins of it. Right. I mean, I think I think you're on the right track, Joe, that um, a lot of it has to do with. Coaching and, and putting players in a position to succeed, right? Um, what what we ask players to do um, has a lot to do with how they approach a, a given game. Um, if it's not something that they like doing or want to do or feel they're good at uh, or they're best at, um, you know, maybe they're going to have a little bit of an attitude issue, right? But for that to carry on for a whole season and, and – I don't, I don't really understand that. You know, I mean, um, do, does Jadavian Clowney think now that another team is going to bring him into their clubhouse and think that he's going to be the answer? Or do they, they're going to look at what he did here and yeah. say, geez, you know, why would we want that guy on our team? You know, he doesn't right. produce, I, you know, and, and, and he's going to be a locker room cancer, right?
3: I don't think anybody's talked to either one of those guys yet, any teams.
2: I haven't heard anything, yeah.
3: No. I mean, so it's, it's you know, possible. Is,
2: that, is that a culture thing or is that just bringing in guys that um are predisposed to that sort of behavior? Or you know, why do we see this kind of thing recurring? You know, and um I I, I I, I'm, I think the players have a certain amount of responsibility in this, you know, that that mm-hmm. they yeah. have to be professional. They have to come to work with their lunch bucket every day and say, okay, we're going to do what this team asks us to do to make it better. Right. Uh And not be prima donnas. But I think the coaching staff and that plays into the Schwartz hire has to be able to find ways to get the most out of players. And I'll agree with you, Joe, that Kevin Stefanski is definitely getting through a learning curve from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know that, you know, I don't know where his ceiling is in that regard. Okay. I don't, yeah. I don't know if he's ever going to be that, that, you know, fiery rah-rah kind of guy, you know, um, maybe Bubba Ventrone sort of is the yin to his yang and, you know, can, can do that on the sideline for guys. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But. Ultimately, it you know, it's it's about making all those pieces fit and and all those guys, you know, being happy with the environment that they're in. And I mean, I haven't heard anybody say that. Oh, well, don't go back to Cleveland. I mean, even OBJ was, you know, rumored to be coming here and not, you know, not ruling that out. Right. Uh And he had one of the worst divorces of anybody. <laughs> so, he you know, so he did. So. So what? You know. What's what's up with some of these guys? I, I don't know.
1: I don't know either. I'm I'm certainly glad he did not come back, and I think it is rather interesting where he went, right? Money the money he was given, and the situation with their to be or not to be franchise quarterback. So, I, I if if there's going to be some drama and some interesting nature, the Ravens can certainly have it.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's going to be there this year. Yeah,
1: for sure.
2: <laughs> I,
3: I, I'm uh, very surprised by that move. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, The money. I mean, I, I could see if it was, uh, you know, uh, a lower, you know, a lower dollar amount with incentives, things like that. But for the more deal, yeah, Definitely. yeah, I, I could see that. But uh, I mean, after after not that finishing,
2: push. you know, two, what two out of three seasons, right? Um right. Yeah. So, yeah.
3: so yeah, we're not gonna give our quarterback money, but here. You know, here you go. Yeah. We right. don't we don't yeah. need this money. And right. I don't know. It it doesn't make any sense to me at all. But um, you know, it that's up to them and, and uh I don't know. Um I mean the Ravens have have traditionally been a pretty good Organization with the way they've been run, but you know yeah. Ozzy Newsom's not in charge there anymore, so yeah. you know I don't know, maybe they're not quite as smart as they used to be. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just being honest, you know the way I see it, yeah, yeah. So that's
2: good for us, it is sure. yeah,
3: definitely, so guys, I wanted to I kind of wanted to dive into the the kareem hunt um story with the browns saying that uh That he is unlikely to come back. Um, and the Browns have reportedly said they feel that he has lost a step. Uh, Kareem is going to be, uh, he would be assuming he signed someplace. uh, He would be playing in his age 28 season. Um, same age, same age as Nick Chubb, by the way. Nick Chubb would turn 28 in uh, December uh, of this season. Uh, Kareem has played one more season than, than Nick has. But I wanted to get, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. But before, before I let you guys talk, I, I looked at, I looked at the stats, um, cause I just like to, um, and we know Nick, Nick Chubb has a lot more rushing yards than, than Kareem does. Um, you know, I honestly, it's it, their total yardage, you know, if you include, uh, past, you know, pass uh, uh, receiving yards um is really not that much different um and their touchdowns are not that much different over over their careers with Kareem playing that one additional season but um you know uh, Kareem has rushed about 900 times for about 4000 yards and Nick's rushed about 1200 times for 6300 yards uh Kareem's career average is 4.5 and Nick's is 5.2 um but then Kareem has caught more passes, you know, almost a hundred more career passes, and about for about double the yards, eighteen hundred versus um about a thousand, and Kareem's caught thirteen more touchdown passes than than Nick has. So the touchdown passes are are fifty-two or the touchdowns scored fifty-two for Nick Chubb, forty-eight for Kareem Hunt over their careers. Here's what I found interesting in, in the lost to step category, and that's looking at the last three seasons for both of these guys, um, what, what I saw for their averages, um, if you go three seasons ago and working forward, Kareem Hunt, um, his yards per carry, he went 4.2, 4.9, 3.8. Okay, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb's always consistent, so he's hard to compare anybody to, but I want you to see the pattern, and that's, Nick went 5.6, 5.5, 5.1. So my question is, Nick Chubb dropped from 5, you know, 5, averaging 5.55 over two seasons, to averaging 5.1 last season. Is anybody saying that Nick Chubb You know, didn't have as good of a season because of his average. Or is there another reason that both of these guys averaged a lower amount last season? Like maybe the offensive line had a little bit to do with it. And maybe Kareem hasn't lost as much of a step as people think he has. That's my question for you guys. Yeah.
0: I don't now, know. Jeff, do you want to go or, you, or would
2: you like me to go? <laughs> I, I don't know what those stats really tell me, Rod. That's, that's hard. Um, <laughs> all I can say about Kareem Hunt is I, I just have to kind of go by the eye test and yeah. you know, it, it's really hard to compare Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb because they have two completely different running styles. Um, they do. Yeah. So Nick Chubb is, is more of a, Downhill runner, you know, low pad position type of runner. And Kareem Hutt is, uh, you know, like I'm going to run straight into you and try to knock you over kind of a guy and, and hurdle you if I can't run through you. Um, mm-hmm. A very violent physical type of a runner, but um, not with Nick Chubb's lower body strength. Right. So. Right. I don't, I'm sure that somewhere in the analytics world, they're, they're able to digest all that and say that, you know, this is what leads to yards from a guy with Kareem Hunt's running style. And, you know, this is what produces with, you know, from a guy with Nick Chubb's style. Um, and by comparison, I think I you know watching Kareem hunt play last year, like i said the, the eye test tells me that um he struggled physically, and I thought it was probably because of the injuries that he had last year or not this past season but the season before mm-hmm. um you know maybe some like some leg issues um but just not not getting the drive that he used to get, you know um and Let's face it, you know, running backs have a very short shelf life. That's why everybody says you don't pay running backs. Um, and this is probably just another example of a guy who, who wore out pretty young. But I guess the, the proof will be is, you know, does somebody sign him and does he get a whole bunch of touches this coming season? Um, so far there hasn't been a whole lot of interest. Right.
1: Um, I think those are all. Very good points. Uh, you know, it seemed to me like he definitely was not, you know, the physical beast this past year like he was the year before. Knee, knee issues or whatever, you know, you're gonna you're gonna wear down, no matter no how matter how strong you are and whatnot. I think part of the issue was it was just there'd be so many times at the end of games where, you know they would complain, okay, Chubb hasn't seen the field for a quarter, or Hunt hasn't seen it, or whatever the situation is, it's, and the thing I always thought was interesting is they always say Stump Mitchell is the one who decides what guy is on the field, you know, so that that always surprised me, because I figured that was a Stefanski move, or a Van Pelt move, but they said it is Stump Mitchell who decides who's on there, which is intriguing, I mean, he is the running back coach, and he's very well respected, but uh-huh. you know, I think it's hard. I mean, I think it's a little bit easier because I mean, Chubb is just he's elite. If he's not the best, he's right there. You yeah. know, he he can he can get back into the groove of the game quickly even if he hasn't played. For me, I think uh that Kareem he needs he needs to be almost uh I wouldn't say punch in the mouth, but he needs a physical hit whether it's to him or to someone else and that wakes him up. And I think there's times when he takes someone out or, I mean, and especially catching out of the backfield. I mean, he is something special. Those screen passes. I mean, it looks like it's going nowhere and then it's 15 yards in a second and he's tumbling, doing somersaults. I mean, he, he is a talent, but I think, you know, I think Jeff has a lot of the answers is that just, you know, maybe he just is, is worn down a little bit and, you know, that's, that's understandable. I mean, The shelf life for a running back is when you, when you're creeping, you know, not that 28's old, but you know, by any means, because Chubb's still, you know, right there, you know, I think he, he could be wearing down a little bit and, you know, let's hope, let's hope that Ford or whoever else they're going to, you know, possibly bring in could, you know, just be that ying, you know, ying to yang for, for Chubb, but we'll see. I mean, I, the one thing I loved about him is he just would, you know, he'd do all his antics on the sideline and he'd get chubbed to smile (laughs) and that's, that's not easy to do. And I don't, and I mean, it's just, they, they loved each other, you know, different styles, different personalities, but they were really good for each other. So I hope that part's not lost, but you know, and I mean, I think him being from Willoughby, you know, he loved to be here. It was a, it was a great rejuvenation, you know, for him and for, you know, what had happened and, you know, I'm glad he was with us and, you know, if he's not here again, you know, I understand it's a business.
2: Yeah. It does kind of yeah. surprise me, Rod, that, that the Browns would come out and make that statement. I'm, I'm, you know, just in general, I'm not sure where it originated, but a yeah. team to actually say that about a player kind of surprises me, whether, you know, they think it's true or not. Um, I mean, other than, you know, fan backlash, there's really nothing to be gained by saying that. Um, so that, yeah, I don't know. That's just one thing. As, as far as stats, I, I just dove in a little bit, um, to his career stats. Um, and one thing just kind of jumps out at me. Um, you know, of course, we know he, he led the league in rushing in 2017, 1300 plus yards, and then came back in 18 with 800 11 games. Um, Nineteen, he was suspended for part of the year, right? So we only got him for half of that season. Yeah. Uh, but then twenty, he he came back and, and rushed for and forty one yards and, and almost two hundred attempts. Um,
3: yeah, that's that when was, Nick Chubb was hurt, I believe. Right. That
2: was that was yeah. Nick Chubb missed three or four games that year, or maybe longer. Um,
3: More, I think. But yeah.
2: Yeah, but um, that was really the the one good year that we got out of Kareem Hunt, uh, but but the stat that I'm looking at that really is interesting to me is uh, rushes of 20 yards plus. In his rookie season with the Chiefs, when he led the league, he had 12 rushes of 20 yards plus. In oh. 18, he had seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last three years, in, in 2020, he had three. and the last two years, he's had two. so rushes of over 20 yards determine a guy's breakaway ability right um and he's had almost none of them over the last well four years um so counting injuries and stuff but um
3: well that might be the stats we're looking at you know that's i think that
2: starts to explain you know what what we're getting out of him
0: yeah
3: yeah um yeah, I just, I thought there might be more to the story. And you know, and I, I'm not going to disagree with you guys. Uh, it was hard to watch at some points last season with Curry out there because it was clear he was struggling, but it, it, it's hard to tell the source of that at times. You don't know if he's really lost the step, if there's still lingering things from an injury or whatnot. But yeah. you know, if it's something you can really look at season to season, and losing, you know, uh, that breakaway ability, then, you know, it makes sense. But, you know, I was just thinking that if, you know, if, if really nobody has any interest in Kareem Hunt, would the Browns be interested in bringing him back at a very low contract? It, it sounds like they probably would not be at this point. Um, right.
2: I think that's that's what they clarified.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But, um yeah, he was, he was a fun guy to have here though. Um, sure. you know, I think everybody like, like Kareem Hunt. Um, regardless of the breakaway ability, he always looked like he was out there giving everything he had and, and working yeah. as hard as he could with every step.
0: Yeah. Agreed. So, for sure.
3: Um, I mean, I, I hope he gets a shot somewhere. I really do.
2: So I'd say there's a, a really good chat chance that, um, the Browns draft a running back this year mm-hmm. um, so Joe who do you like
1: who do I like um, I, I think what they need is they need um, they need a speed guy um, as far as particularly I can't say I'm trying to think I think uh, I am thinking there's a, a guy from Michigan State that I was looking at and I'm not the the albeit guru of the draft but um it's fine we are um, either <laughs> But the you know I I made some notes the the one guy I was actually looking at pretty extensively who I think is is a good guy is a guy at a pit and of course I had to pick a guy that his name is 25 letters um first name and last name but uh <laughs> it, it's uh it's spelled A B A N I K A N D A but it's is Israel and I won't begin to pronounce his last name, but he's five ten, two fifteen, and he has four four speed. And he's uh he's definitely, you know, uh big legged, you know, strong as can be lower body, and he is uh he's a pretty strong guy. I think he could be a a nice change of pace, um, you know, and you know, whether it's him or someone else, I just I just think they need to they don't need to have a mirror image of Chubb, I think they need if, you know, if, and if Ford's the guy, I do like Ford. I think he does have, you know, some very good ability for sure. Um, but I think they need to have someone that's going to, you know, be that receiving back. Um, but I think the, the trouble when they brought Kareem in is you almost knew 100% it was going to be a screen pass. I mean, I, I don't think you want to – you don't want to mm-hmm. bring someone in and be like, oh, geez, what is what, – you know, and just – okay. I mean I heard from a lot of players and players you know coaches and they they knew what Stefanski was going to call a lot of times supposedly I don't know if that's fact or fiction or they're trying to pat themselves on the back but there was too many times with the lineups the formations it was too predictable and you know they had to, you know not that they had the talent across the way like they have been in every formation but I mean you know, I think they, you know, sometimes I don't know if it's out- outsmarting or uh, what the situation is, but it's just, you know, if one guy's in the game, you know what's going to happen. If one guy's not, I mean, that's, that's not a good thing. And I think like you guys have both mentioned, the offensive line was not as healthy and didn't perform, you know, you know, to the point that they did years, you know, a couple of years or a year prior. But I mean, they have a ton of talent. And I think uh re signing Poachik was, was brilliant. I think they needed to do that. I think, you know, prior to being injured, I mean he was a uh, you know I didn't I was moderately surprised that Treder, you know, that they stepped away from him and then I think he retired or whatnot, the situation. But I thought he was great and when they you know, from a salary cap move I was a little miffed, but you know, po <laughs> mm-hmm. fit in very nicely. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, so we'll see. I mean and I still think the you know we're going to see what our left tackle is and, you know, fifth year option or whatnot, but that, that kid's got to get a little bit more gumption out there. I think it's just, he's, you know, he's going through the motions a little too much and just, you know, I don't know what it is, but it just, just doesn't seem like he just doesn't have the energy or the drive that the other guys have in the line. And it's just, and I, and I think there's so much angst against him. I don't know if it's all true, but it just it just doesn't seem like the energy is there or the anger, whatever you whatever you need. You know, he's not he's not Wyatt Teller that wants to pancake block someone. He's just he's fine with one touch, and then he's kind of he's not he he doesn't finish plays like he should. But yeah, I know. okay.
2: Okay, yep, so I'm yep. making a, a note here um and I'm going to take a shot at this. Uh Joe likes Israel Abanaconda. Well done. Yeah, he's well the done. Running back choice. So yep. we can go back and refer to that after the draft and see if you uh see if you nailed that one, Joe. <laughs> All right. Um,
3: nice. But
2: uh I, I like I like that one. Um Yeah. You know, he's he's in our sweet spot in terms of late round pick. Um, yeah. Yep. young guy, um, and I, I think you're right is in terms of what we need to, to fill out the running back room, mm-hmm. um, change of pace guy, uh, third down guy. We would we don't have the answer for that right now on the roster. So him or someone along those same lines, uh, Peter a few weeks ago mentioned Kenny McIntosh, um, Chase Brown. There are a few others that I think are in that mold. That uh, could very well end up on uh, on Andrew Berry's draft board.
3: So, who's your top guy, Jeff? Or who? Let's put it this way: Who do you think the Browns would end up taking? Because because you have to look at where you think they're going to take somebody to.
2: Right. Um, Yeah, it's it's hard to say how the draft goes, but um, I, I think just running back being. Devalued league in general. Um, most of these guys are slotted, you know, third, fourth, fifth round. Um, I'd be surprised if most of them didn't go in the fourth and fifth round. So we got a couple picks there, assuming we keep them. Um, that gives you, you know, a whole lot of guys in play around there. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess it's just a matter of, of, who the Browns like the best. Um, Kenny McIntosh is a little older than some of the other guys. Um, Sometimes age is a determining factor for Andrew Barry. Um, But I don't think we can go wrong with any of them, really. But uh, I'd have to agree with Peter. I like Kenny McIntosh a lot.
0: Sounds like a safe pick. Yeah for
3: sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you guys have started some draft talk um, and Joe, what what are your thoughts as far as the Browns having um this is always fun to talk about. Since the Browns have what what is it? Jeff? 8 picks. Yeah, 8. Uh, yes. Yeah.
2: yeah, 8 picks. Um, and
3: if you Joe, if you had to guess, how how would you how would you guess the the browns draft would play out how many guys how many guys would they actually draft you know how many picks would they trade forward how many picks would they use to
1: trade up that's uh that's an interesting question for sure lots of um ways to go with that um i mean i I really like you know that the 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 way that they you know that second round pick obviously was their first pick and trading it for more and flip-flopping picks i mean i i honestly thought it was was brilliant i mean a lot of people might not been, have been that excited but the guy is a speed speed guy he's you know i heard him talk i forget if it was uh um 923 in the morning or you know if it was but i i liked his conversation you know that they're like, where, where do you want to play? And he said, I will play wherever they need me. I've trained outside. I've trained inside. I've trained slot. You know, he's not, you know, certainly you would moderately assume that he might be a slot being a speed guy. But a lot of times I think, you know, Amari Cooper could be the best because he's the, the best route runner. I mean, I think they need to be unpredictable, mm-hmm. you know, where they put people. I think that one of the biggest issues they had as a team is they were so predictable, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. you look at you look at Miles Garrett. Okay, he's going to be he's going to be uh, he's going to be on that side the entire game. Okay, well, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to double team him and we're going to see what everyone else is going to do. And <laughs> there isn't changing on the fly. And that's just, I mean, the the Browns are just too robotic. You know, I mean, you've got to okay the game plan you bring, you know, hopefully it work, But you know, you have to change on the fly. And I, I just don't think that's something that they did and. You know, hopefully Schwartz will change that side of the ball. And I hope that, you know, Stefanski kind of gets out of his own way and becomes a little bit more comfortable. You know, lets you know, his players' talents um, fit the best. I think there's too many times that he is not going to fit a square peg in a round hole. I think that's a lot of what he does. Okay, this is what we're going to call. You're going to need to learn it. He, He doesn't always coach to the talent and, you know, the thing that miffed me last year was, you know, they played the whole, you know played eleven games with Jacoby Brissett. You figured that he would be playing the type of style that Watson is going to be playing, and it was totally different. And they said when Watson came in, the team had to completely change. How is that logical? I mean, that you had a guy that was the placeholder, and I I loved Brissett. I mean, I really really that that guy is pure class. He worked his butt off. But why, why would you call something different? Why wouldn't you, you know, not necessarily saying they're the same body type and style, but it's just, there's too many illogical decisions, but kind of transpiring back to the draft. I don't think that they're necessarily going to walk away with eight players. I mean, they're definitely a, tr- they're a trade happy team, whether it's up or down. You know, if they, if they see a guy they want in the second round and they feel that he is a definitive starter, I don't have any qualms with that. Cause I mean, How many, how many guys can you bring to camp? You know, I, I want, I want impact players. I don't want, you know, you can't have, you know, guys on the roster. I mean, yeah, they signed Maurice Hurst and I really hope, you know, he gets back to what he was with Michigan. That would be a nice little lottery pick, but you can, you cannot have lottery picks up and down the draft. You want people that are going to play and start. Is that always going to be possible in the third round? I don't know, but, and, you know, Barry has had an up and down track record. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, just because you took people's Jones in the sixth round or seventh, whatever. I mean, yeah, that was a, that was a home run, but I mean, he's had a lot of misses, you know, on his earlier picks. Yes. He hasn't always had first round picks based on trades and whatnot, but you know, Emerson was a, was a, was a really nice find last year. I thought he was a fantastic cornerback and, Played a lot more than he probably was expected to, but I loved his toughness. So, you know, we'll see, but I think they really need to address D tackle, uh, big time, you know, possibly middle linebacker. And I think, I think they could surprise people in the third round and take a left tackle, you know, just out of nowhere. I think could be a surprise pick, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. saying I want them to, but I, you know, I, you know, not necessarily the best pick, but I think they need to they need to find out if, you know, Wills is the guy and you know, maybe someone to push him. You know, I think there there could be some surprising picks because Barry's always, you know, do we think cornerback was their biggest knee last year with their first uh draft pick? Probably not. But you know, you know, they're always thinking, you know, analytically, as we know, and it'll be uh it'll be interesting. But I would Personally, I think it would be a home run pick if they took Jack Campbell out of Iowa. I would not be disappointed. He's not he's not the fastest linebacker, but it's six four, two fifty. You you can let J O K run all over the field and actually have a guy in the middle of the field and stay there and a the sure tackler. I I would not be upset with that. I wouldn't be the sexiest picks and linebacker has always been a devalued pick for the Browns, but I would be mm-hmm. very happy with that personally.
2: We we talked a couple of weeks ago about what are the what are the odds that the Browns pull off another trade up for a linebacker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean,
2: I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you about the player. I'm just saying that um I don't know. The chances of, of them going up and getting another linebacker for me are, are pretty slim. Um it's interesting though, when you look at the the picks that we have, um you know, we we said we have eight picks. Um uh, you know, only four of those are our original picks. Um, 111, 142, 190, and 229 are, are, you know, our original picks. The other four were, were acquired either through trade or one's a comp pick. So it just shows you that, that Andrew Berry is a, extremely active in, in moving around in the draft, um, through, through a number of different means, right? Through, uh, player trades uh, through pick trades, whatever. Um, but I, I think it'll it'll be interesting to see what we come out of this draft with versus expectation. Um, knowing that you know realistically it would take most of those picks, if not all of those picks, to move up into a position to take a player that we could realistically expect to get starter type snaps out of this season. Um we we've, we've not been afraid to take D tackles in the draft. Um, they don't generally pan out. Even a highly picked D tackle doesn't generally pan out for at least a couple of seasons. Um and we've, we've drafted three of them fairly recently. So, um you know, mid round. So, I agree that's a spot we need help. Um we just haven't had a, a much luck in terms of finding a guy that really exceeds his draft position in terms of production. Um, so I think we have to set our expectations for this draft accordingly and, and look at where we realistically can plug in pieces um, and where this draft is strong and, and cornerback for sure. Is, is a real strength in this draft, and and I said it last week. I wouldn't be surprised if Andrew Berry drafted a cornerback in in any round, <laughs> or maybe every round, <laughs> okay. Because there's so many good cornerbacks that that you know the, the cornerback could be the best player available every time he's picking, you know. So, um, versus you know, D tackles and, and, and tight ends in this class, um, guards. In this class, um, you know, just just not a very deep draft in terms of being able to find those guys later on. You know, so um, shifting gears like we are in all three phases of our game, I think. You know, like you said, Joe, we, we've we've sort of been stuck in the mud. You know, the last few years, um, we expect all three phases of the game. To look different this year, you know the the, the special teams obviously will, will have a different personality. Um, the defense under Jim Schwartz with a completely different approach to the D line uh, will, will will have a totally new stamp on it. And you know what we see from Deshaun Watson this year and the offense that gets built around him, I think will really determine. How many games we win this year? You know, if, if if we can build the right offense around him and he can execute that offense, um, that makes us a very dangerous team. If he doesn't, that makes us another losing team, no matter what we do in the other two phases. So all of the, all of these pieces have to fit together, um, this season and, and it all has to, you know, gel. Within the first few games, um, or we, we risk, you know, falling into that same pattern, you know, of, of defeatist attitudes and, and guys being unhappy and, you know, their dad's taking videotape things <laughs> and
1: putting them on YouTube. So, um, <laughs> we'll, let the Ra- we'll let the Ravens do that one. Right. Yeah.
2: Re- realistically, right. on, uh, in this draft, I think it's, you know, um, thinking about what we need to fill out the the bottom of the roster and wh- who, where we want to be developing guys, you okay. know? So, um, I think a third running back is, is a great thing to be keying in on in this draft. Um, you know, a fourth cornerback, a third safety, um, a potentially fifth or sixth wide receiver, you know, those are all going to be there when we're picking, yeah. um, if a guy like Jack Campbell dropped down into the seventies and you know, we could give up a couple of our later picks to to move up and, and go get him, absolutely that's a guy that we don't have on this roster. That's right. I mean, that's a body type that we don't have. You know? Mm-hmm. Um and and again a lot of it depends on what Schwartz is gonna try to do, but historically speaking, he needs that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, to to make it all sort of work together Um, so and there's other guys like that in the draft too nobody that big but uh, there's a couple of other middle linebacker types that um, you know I I think would be worth investing in you know but again I'm, I'm not really gonna hold my breath that any of those guys are gonna make a huge impact this year I think the draft is more about this year's draft is more about the next two to three years. And, you know, can can any of those
3: guys develop? Yeah, I, I agree. So, guys, if um, it, just a fun little question here, we we're pretty sure at least one of these draft picks is going to be traded. And Jeff, I know you have the list in front of you, Joe. I, I don't know if you do or not, but if you had to pick one pick that you knew for sure was going to be traded, which one would it be, Jeff? Um, probably. Because I have one. an idea.
2: Probably one forty two. Um, uh, that's our original fifth rounder. We have one forty from the Rams. Uh, so make you know, picking two guys out of three, I I don't see Andrew Berry needing to do that. Um, you know, unless two guys that he absolutely loves happens to fall, but I I would say that's probably the one that's most likely to be traded.
3: Yeah, I was I was gonna say one forty because a lot of times it seems like when he's sitting in that position he trades the first pick. Because I think he feels like his guy who will be there for the next pick,
0: or because he,
3: or yeah, he he seems to do that because maybe he's got he's got like three guys. He's like, well, I know one of my guys is going to be there. Yeah. So, but but yeah, because we're all we're all thinking that that yeah, he's going to be able to double up here. Look at what guys are left. Right. And and then he'll trade one of them.
2: The other interesting (laughs) thing is when you look at next year's draft. Um. We have our own second, our own third, and then we have no fourth-round pick. Um, two fifths, the sixth, and two sevenths. So my thinking is, is Andrew Barry's going to want to get back into the fourth round next year.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and you can do that with one of those fifths. Right. Probably.
2: A fifth and, and something lower, or yeah, so, you know, whatever capital you need to to be able to move back into the fourth round next year. So I, I would – probably, you know, feel pretty confident that he's going to come out of this draft with a fourth rounder next year.
3: Well, either of those fifths would would get him a fourth rounder next year. I mean, those those picks are um those are picks 5 and 7 in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. So th- those would get him fourth rounders next season. Yeah. Next draft. So um interesting. So
1: um no, oh, that makes sense to me. One, I just want to throw one name out there that I kind of like just because there's a little close tie to us. Um, Josh Weil out of Cincinnati, tight end. He's uh, 6'7", 247. And I really like, I like him quite a bit. I don't think we necessarily, it's been quite a while. I mean, to me, I think it's back to Jurevicious where you kind of had a red zone target, you know, and I I would love a big, you know, young kid like that tight end that could be picked in the mid to late rounds. You know, Hmm. I don't know. It could be, could be a potential sleeper pick if he. You know, I think not necessarily sleeper, but he's picked maybe. I think he's slated fourth or fifth round, but I think that could be, that could be a nice little need for us um, because we don't, we don't necessarily have that height at any of our receivers. I mean, we have some height, but you know, we don't have that. You know where you can just throw it up and the guy's going to go get it. And I can't say I know his athleticism to that point, but 6-7 is that's some pretty decent height, you know, and I think that could be a mm-hmm. a nice little uh nice little piece to the offense that you know might help them.
2: Nice. So I'm adding Josh Wild to Israel Abanaconda. You <laughs> like how I'm getting better at
1: saying that. Yeah, you just you you seem to you've got it. Yeah. Anaconda. Yeah. When yeah. these guys get drafted, you'll have you'll have it down. Yeah, yeah I'll, I would. I'll spell them and then you can say them. How's that sound? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: um, I would have felt pretty good about them drafting a a tight end this year, also. Um, until they picked
1: up the. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm losing. the blo- that, that blocking tight end uh, from yeah, uh, f- the Texans. I can't. From the Texans. I can't yeah. recall his name, but I guess he's he's got a very good rapport with Watson, you know, he's, yeah. I think he's more of a blocking guy, but I, you know, it doesn't mean he can't catch obviously. So, yeah.
2: So, I mean, I, I, really, I wanted us to draft the tight end last year. Last year was an amazingly deep tight end yeah. class with some really big, like you said, tall guys, uh, just bring a different dynamic, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the traditional receiving type tight end, um, that would have been a nice move last year. I think this year it's probably going to be a, a reach to, to get a guy of any any comparable skill set to what we would have been able to draft last year. And Andrew Berry chose to to trade out of the pick that, in my in my mind, would have gotten us one. So yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I think
0: that's fair. I it is probably sure.
2: probably an area that um, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna skip over again this year, if I had to guess. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't mind them I wouldn't mind them seeing uh you know a basketball player type uh mm-hmm. to just you know maybe a you know a free agent um type of uh you know after the draft, you know. That yeah you know that's always if if you have athleticism and you can go up and get the ball, I mean I've shown that there's plenty plenty of tight ends that, you know, have played basketball that you know that's the, that skill set can, trans, you know, transition, so. Those are the guys they brought in last year.
2: Yeah, I was going to say they typically bring in three or four tight ends, um, street free agents, UBFAs, um, mm-hmm. you know, cap casualties. They'll they'll bring them into camp. We'll, we'll have a right. whole bunch of tight ends in camp. But, you know, Should, what does that settle out to? Um, I don't know. Know probably those two guys, you know, Joku and and uh, the guy, the other guy we picked up from Aikens. Houston, Akins, Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, um, and um, you know, and then a, then a blocking tight end that you know are a dime a dozen around the league.
1: Right. And do you? Th- um, and I could be behind this. Is is there talk about just from a cap casualty, Harrison Bryan stuff like that? I mean, I like him, but there's been you know, there's been ups and downs as far as his catchability and whatnot. I mean, I, I do like him. Yeah. But I've heard some people say that he'd be a perfect example of someone to cut and I can't imagine he's, he's making that much money, but and I mean yeah, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean I don't I, I don't know if he's heard of that but I've I've heard between I've heard, a million some and murmurs, a half
2: and two million I think. But I, uh, but I, think, it's over two. I think it's about, over
3: two, but it's between two and three.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. but I've heard some murmurs um, about him being you know it would make a make sense as a cut and that's I don't right, know because, if I necessarily see that. But, there's a
2: performance escalator for later picks, mm-hmm. so because he's played a lot, i guess um, yeah, you know he's he's doing an escalator that that bumps up his his okay. base okay um and that's I think that's the reason that people are talking about cutting yeah. him is that you know we're we're getting tight on cap space and, and everybody wants to win the cap you know trophy um, yeah. the cap space trophy um right. Which I still haven't seen, actually, but um, yeah, <laughs> there's there's still a good chance that 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 they'll just keep him around. You know,
1: they'll, they'll I, I would be I would that. Be fine worth that. that. I, you know, I I do like him. You know, yeah, I, I do he was, too. He yeah, know, had a, a nice a yeah. he had a nice step from the year before, where it was if that ball was coming to him, there was a fifty percent chance he was going to drop it, maybe more. You know, and I think he <laughs> yeah. he definitely he definitely. His rookie year was great, second year was not great. This year I think was a little bit better. But they they say that him blocking is is just a non factor. I think that's part right. of why they brought this this other guy yeah. in. It, yeah. that's, not, yeah. that's not his strength. I mean he was he won the Mackey Award, but he didn't win the Mackie Award for blocking about it for, for catching. Right. You know, at Florida right. Atlantic. So That's true. Yeah, yeah. He, but, he but I like him.
3: Being known for having good hands and yeah. um yeah, I mean, I I would think it would depend on on if they sign anybody else, any other free agents in that, you know. I mean, if they if they need the space, then then they'll cut him. I mean, they're they're I think that's why they've done the transactions they have done is because they can they feel like they can get along without him now as a receiver if they need to. Right. But if there's no need, then then I could see him I could see him being around for this season. I mean, why not? You know the guy. The guy can catch the football. Um, I still have faith in him as a receiver.
1: If if I may, I have a question for you guys. Sure. Um, wide receiver certainly being an area that they have improved and maybe haven't. What do you think the the six receivers that make the team are? If that's the number that that it is, I mean, there's certainly three or four that are almost a guarantee, but there's once you get down to the bottom. You know, some of their former draft picks, you know, who haven't performed, I think need to see the door personally. And I think you probably know what yeah. I'm talking about, but it's, uh, you know, the, you know Goodwin and some of these other speedsters, I mean, are interesting. And, you know, Jakeem Grant, is he healthy? I don't know. I hope he is from a return standpoint, but just I don't know if you guys have thought or pondered about that, but there's... We, we covered you know, this a little bit
2: last week, Joe.
1: Okay, okay. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: That... The- you know,
1: um, sorry, to, sorry
2: to rehash. No, that, that's fine. Right. I think we, we kind of went through it pretty quickly in terms of draft. Um, but um, I, I think really the, the question is more where are the Browns going to be in two seasons in the wide receiver room? Mm-hmm. Um, and that will probably answer your question about, you know, three, four, five, and six. Um, yeah. Because one and two are the question marks then. So, you know, does DPJ get the extension? You know, do you, do you take a guy with his skill set and pay him 11 or 12 million bucks a year? Um or can you go out and and replace that skill set, you know, with another guy in the draft, you know, or or um like you did with Elijah Moore, okay? So some other way. Um My thought process is, is I'm, I'm probably letting DPJ walk. I'm, I'm not going to give him, you know, 11 or 12 million bucks a year. I I just, I don't think his, his skill set is that hard to replace. Mm -hmm. Um, so. And then there's the question of Amari Cooper's contract getting really big and expensive as well. And can you you know you want to keep kicking that can down the road with restructures, right? So um I think the answer is is that this this year we're probably looking at who's gonna be that number six guy, and that will be determined based on what the team views the wide receiver room to look like mm-hmm. in a couple seasons. Okay. So my thought process is, is if I'm thinking I'm going to let DPJ go at the end of his deal and not extend him, um, I'm probably looking this year for a guy who replicates his skill set. And okay. I threw out a couple of names last week that I, I think can do that.
1: Mm-hmm. You're talking as far as draft-wise?
2: In the draft,
1: yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, you know, you redshirt that guy for a year. Um and you know, start to develop him. Um, you know, maybe he, maybe he plays a little bit. But realistically, the you know the, the fifth and sixth receivers on this team aren't going to see the field much anyway.
1: True. Yeah. And yeah. I I I think David Bell is going to make a nice little leap this year, or I'm hoping at least. I mean, I'd I like to see that. that. Yeah. I mean, nice. I think, yeah. he's, I think yeah. he's got all the ability. It's just, yep. you know, I mean, it just he was kind of. Almost expected to do too much, and you know, what do you have? Eight, eighteen catches, or somewhere in that vicinity. I mean, but I think he's got yeah. the skill set to be good. Um, well, one, and, one- and again, barring
2: injury, barring injury, you know, um, you know, Amari Cooper and, and DPJ put up huge numbers, and then you know, how many balls do you have for Elijah Moore? Right, right.
1: Yeah. So,
2: so where where does that leave all those other guys? You know, and yeah. and. We talked about this a while ago that, you know, if, if we were the team that we were five seasons ago and we drafted David Bell, he probably would have been a very high usage guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he would have, he would have had, you know, a hundred balls thrown to him. Right. But not on this team.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Just not the way it worked. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I I agree with Jeff. And I think the conclusion we kind of came down to is, is, yeah. yeah, it's probably most likely that they that they look at drafting a wide receiver, but that's number six spot could be Jakeem Grant. Um, you know, it, it could be Anthony Schwartz too if they really decide they want to ride him out. But um, you know, I kind of feel like they've like they've played their cards there by bringing in a you know Elijah Moore and Marquis Goodwin.
2: Yeah.
3: So I I yeah, would well, think it's probably not
2: going to be Schwartz. Yeah. Think, yeah I, bar I barring could. injury. You know, if there's yeah. an injury in camp, um, yeah. you know, yeah. any, anything can happen, okay. But yeah, I think, you know, you've got what did we say, fourteen guys under contract right now? Wide receivers. Yeah. Um
3: yeah. It's um, close to that, yeah. It's it's at least it's, a, it's at least a dozen. Yeah.
2: It's a it's a lot of quantity. Um well, we had a guy get hurt last week already, so um so yeah, it it's it's really that sixth guy, who's yeah. going to be that. I think the first five are pretty well established.
1: Yeah, and, I, and yeah. I think I don't know if it's just the Browns organizational thing, but I mean, if they draft someone in the third or fourth round, like they did Schwartz, they don't want to have egg in their face. They don't want to admit that they're wrong, and they'll sometimes hold on to that. And maybe that's just a league wide thing, but it certainly seems like the Browns. You know, whether that's you know Tommy Togi, you know some players that. Maybe he shouldn't see the field. They're right. not going. They're not going to just say, "Okay, no, he doesn't have the talent." They don't want to. They don't want to say, "You know what? We were wrong." And Maybe that's just an ego thing across the league. But you know, I I hope that they just realize that this guy. Okay, yeah, he's fast, but can he catch the ball? Absolutely right. not.
2: Well, that's, <laughs> so that's what's you paid what's he ro- paid to do. <laughs> part of the roster evolution too, Joe, yeah. is that yeah. you know I think we're going to see that this year because. Yeah there just isn't any place to put all these draft picks and and hang on to all the old ones as well right so yeah this yeah. this is probably good. the year that that changes where you know they 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 finally cut bait on some draft picks
3: mm-hmm. and it's going to almost the
2: numbers say it has to be yeah, but, yeah.
3: But, yeah yeah i agree yeah there's yeah there's there's no doubt um anthony Schwartz is likely um I mean, it it depends. I mean, we haven't even seen the draft yet, but, you know, guys like, uh, Felton Felton's gonna have a rough time making this roster, I think, and, um, probably some other guys too. So, so.
2: yeah, Jordan Elliott.
3: um, Yeah, those guys too. Yep. Definitely.
2: Jacob Phillips is on the bubble. You could, you could go on for a while about all the guys that, that are, you know, in, in, well into their rookie deals that, um, they better they better ball out in camp. Yeah,
3: yeah, they better come to play, definitely. definitely.
1: Tony Fields, there's a number of them that, you know, make or break. And I'm glad that Anthony Walker and I'm glad uh, taki they just signed one-year deals. I mean, I think they needed some leadership, and I hope Takitaki can come back from that injury because I thought he was having a very nice season for himself until he got injured. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was coming into his own. He was becoming comfortable out there, and, you know, we'll see. I mean, that linebacker position is – always been you know a little bit of a mystery they're not valued that much and you know they want speed they don't want size but i love jok i mean that, that kid's yeah. special he just he's not a big guy <laughs> he's,
2: right yeah, yeah we yeah, have to we have to keep in mind that that the the defense we're going to see from from the browns this year is going to be different and yeah. and it has to be you know, there has to be different personnel
1: right yeah Agree. yeah
3: yeah well, it's going to be interesting guys watching the, watching the roster get put together. And we certainly have a lot of time to talk about that after the draft and, and, right. uh, some other free agent signings and everything else. So, so, uh, so yeah, good stuff tonight. Um, Joe, we thank you for joining us. Would, uh, would you like to leave the listeners with, uh, with anything, any words of wisdom or any closing remarks?
1: Well, I'm not sure I can, uh, change their life in a dramatic way in the next 30 or 40 seconds, but I will just say as a Browns fan, you know, I am 46. I've been, you know, John Elway ruined my childhood and all the way through till now. It's, it's been a roller coaster ride, but I'm glad my, I would say mostly glad that my dad started me on the path and I will be with it throughout my entire life. But I always find that the Browns are best when they have the least expectations. They don't have a lot this year. I'm not saying they will succeed, but you know they. Uh, the last time they didn't have a lot of expectations, you know they may. You know I would say the last time, but they, you know they ended up making the playoffs. But it seemed like that team loved each other, loved playing for each other. They loved everything about each other. I just hope we can get back to that. And I don't know if that was just the COVID, you know, we're going to have all these meetings and we're going to get as close as we can without being as close as we can. I just, I want Stefanski to be the leader and the coach that I believe he can be. And I just want, you know, I, I want, you know, just because, you know, I love the Browns and I always will. I do believe that they have it in them. I want them to believe it and I want them to be, a unified front. I think they they could do some things whether they will, I don't know. But you know, it'll it'll remain to be seen but you know, sometimes no expectations, you know, is not a bad thing.
3: That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh Jeff, closing thoughts tonight?
2: I don't know. I guess all, all I can say is Israel a Bonaconda
0: just to get
3: one more practice round in. Just
2: cause I like saying it now.
3: It, it's yeah. it's got a ring to it. it. Does. Yeah. It's got a ring to it. And
2: I'm like I yeah, it would look good on look good on a the back of a jersey.
3: I was thinking jersey sales would do would do pretty well
1: here in yeah. Cleveland. There you go. Are you saying this this is the launching point to something special for Cleveland? Could be. It very well <laughs> could, could be. Could
2: be could be a new fan favorite. Yeah. And All right.
3: and you heard it heard it first here. All right. This has been the Browns Blitz. We thank you for listening and we will catch you next time.